0: Wow. Happy Easter, everybody. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I feel special. <laughs> hey, let's put our hands together. and Oh, well, thank you for that as well. Wow. Thank you. God's good. Hey, let's put our hands together for our online family. Come on, let's welcome them in. Happy Easter. Facebook, YouTube, Highlight.Church. We are so glad you're there. And um, it is Resurrection Sunday, and um, let's get into the Word, because got a lot of good stuff going on outside, and so I don't want to hold you in here for too long. And, yes. and I know this is going to add some value to your life, but that food out there is going to—it's it's been blessed by God. So let's, let's go ahead and let's get into it. Mark chapter 16, and um, we'll start at verse 1, okay? It says this here, Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended— Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, always Salome, always get that messed up, you know, but her name, S, Miss S, (laughs) went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, someone say Sunday morning? Sunday morning. Just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll the stone? away. Someone say stone. Stone. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be important later for us from the entrance to the tomb. But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The, The woman, the women, I'm sorry, were shocked. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen. Someone say risen. risen. Yes, from the dead. That's why we're here. Come on. It says this here. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter. Someone say Peter. Peter. It's going to be very important. That Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. Someone say, wow. 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 It's a bad brother. He didn't even have the wherewithal to wait on them. He said, I got things to do and meet me there. So amazing. You know, um, you know I, I know 2020 was a tough year last year for a lot of people and Some of that's even rolling over into 2021, Um, but I I must admit, if I can be a little bit selfish with the intro, um, 2020 was probably my family's best year yet. Um, My wife and I, we've been married going on eight years now, and 2020 was actually a strong year, victorious year for us, and we're always praying for the church that people are overcoming and not just surviving, but thriving in your life and in your faith. But well, man, just a lot of amazing things that we wouldn't have thought would have happened last year actually happened. Wow. And um, you know, like, like superhero movies, you know what I mean? It's like, where was he going? He just read about Jesus, superhero movies. <laughs> 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 like superhero movies, um, like I never would have thought I would have found a better movie than Avengers Infinity War. Not Endgame, not Endgame. Endgame was lame. Um <laughs> Not a fan of when the superhero wins. I'm, I'm a, I, I love villains. I'm sorry. I don't like Satan. I love Jesus, but when it comes to superhero movies, I love villains. You know what I mean? So, because at the end, the purple guy with the gold helmet. You know what I mean? He got all the rings and Thor threw that hammer and it was, bam, dead on his chest. And he was like, "You should have went for the head." And he disappeared. And everyone's like, "Oh my God, is this how it ends? Is this it?" And then like, so I was a few days late. So you got on Facebook and people were like, I just don't want to spoil it, but oh my God, it's the saddest day in history. Oh my God. You know what I mean? I'm like, please don't tell what happened because I want to see this movie. But you never would have thought you'd find something better than Infinity War when you're a villain fan. But man, how about this HBO Max, Jack Snyder's Justice League? No, no, don't clap for that. We in church. It's about Jesus. But what I will say you're like, you set me up, Pastor. I thought we were clapping for villains. Like, what's going on? But what I will say is uh, Steppenwolf. I like that guy. You got to see the movie, right? Steppenwolf. And it's his voice. Oh, Steppenwolf. Oh, my God. And then he dies, and I'm like, oh, this movie sucks. Anyway, so. But anyway. Just you never would have thought that you would have find a better movie. Like, like you never would have thought young Joshua Redding, handsome young fella. Orlando, Florida, Richmond Heights Elementary. (laughs) What what, grow up to find the gorgeous and the beautiful and a hot wife by the name of Kyra Redding. Come on, give it up for my wife, everybody. You all look great, but she looks great too. You never would have thought like certain things in your life just happen that you're like, this is my life. It blows your mind. Um, You never would have thought that, um, I never would have thought like, On the third day, we'd be celebrating the resurrection, which happened on the third day. The fourth year of Highlight Church, three and four. And that two day on April 4th, I'd be 34. I mean, you just never would have thought, right? Come on, put that in. in. I want it more. I want more of it. More love. You just never would have (laughs) thought. Told you I was going to be selfish about it. Right? (laughs) You just never would have thought, but on, on the other end of that positive spectrum, there's the negative, right? Like, you, like, like we said, 2020, last year, how many people said the year of vision? Perfect vision, my year. Like, that was so lame. <laughs> it was so, perfect vision. For the church, it was the year of more, right? Yeah, year of more. And January hit, and February hit, and March hit, and it was the year of less, <laughs> less people in the seats, wow. less interaction, yeah. you know, and, and it was really more, more sickness and um, more illness. Um, people lost their jobs. Unemployment was through the roof. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest enemy was fear, and it still is, more fear. Yeah. Y- you never would have thought that going into 2020, that we would have been experiencing what we experience. And so is the same with the disciples of Jesus Christ. They never would have thought, almost 2,000 years ago, they never would have thought that the Messiah, they found him. They found him three years prior to the resurrection. They found their God. They found the God that they had been praying for and believing for, for for thousands of years. They found him. He was born of virgin birth, miracle birth. They never would have thought like this guy who grew up. and I mean, when a lot of them, when, they, when he first found them, uh, he supplied all of their needs, yeah. right? Like Peter was fishing one day, and he had been fishing all day, right, Olivia? And um, he, was, he was fishing, and, and Jesus got on the boat, and he said, look, put it on the other side. Because right. yeah. he was trying to reveal his glory to him. And he said, uh, put it on the other side. Uh, put it on the other side. Okay, because you say so, Lord, I'll do it. He put it on the other side, and he has all these fish. Like his most successful day in, in his business, his history. Wow. Yeah. And then Jesus had the wherewithal to go and heal his mother-in-law of a fever. And then Jesus called his disciples together. This was the guy who, who would touch lepers and the leprosy would just dissolve. This is the guy who would, they would see multiply, you know, few fish and a few, few loaves of bread to feed over 20,000 people. Wow. This is the guy who walked on water and invited one of them to walk on water. And they saw their friend walk on water as they stayed on the boat. This is the guy who healed the paralyzed and gave sight to the blind. They never would have thought that that was the guy, sinless, perfect, good man, the greatest teacher in history. They never would have thought that he would have been arrested for doing no wrong. They never would have thought, okay, well, he's going to get arrested. And before he got arrested, they never would have thought that Jesus would have called three of them to the Mount of Olives in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he would have said, Peter, James, and John, come with me. I want you to pray with me. They never would have thought that as he prayed and as he endured such agony under the weight of the sins of the world, that as he prayed, his sweat would be tinged with blood. Because he was so stressed out and we see a vulnerable savior in this moment like, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, take it away. But he's praying and he's sweating blood because all of our sins were placed on him in that moment. And Judas had already done his work and they came to arrest him. They never would have thought that he would have been found guilty. And then they would have taken him stripped him naked. They would have bound his hands to a stone and he would have been on his knees. They never would have thought that they would have beat their savior, their master, with a cat of nine tails that had rock and glass and nails on the end of it. And they would have beat him and hit him 39 times, according to Roman law. No, actually, I'm sorry, according to Jewish law, Roman law was 39. But, you know, he, they, they, went, they went above and beyond that. And, and they took those straps, those Roman guards, and, and, and those, those pieces of stone and nail would have went through his flesh and tore his flesh apart. They never would have thought that they would have seen God in the flesh with his intestines hanging out and his bones hanging out and his ribs broken. The God who never did anything to them, who didn't deserve it. They never would have thought here and that they would have put a, a crown of thorns on his head to mock him and beat it in, into his head and rip his beard out and spit on him read your bible they spat on him they 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 patched up his beard they beat that, that that crown of thorns in his head and then they put a purple robe on him and they they knelt before him and they said oh you're the king of the jews and then they spat on him some more and they took that robe off and put back on the little clothes he did have they never would have thought that he would have had to take his own cross all the way to Golgotha, Skull Hill. And a man of color would have been called to help him to carry that that cross up to that hill. They never would have thought. They never would have thought that the day would come when they would see their Savior with the nails through his wrist. And the nails through his heel, gasping for breath, suffocating. And they never would have thought that he would have taken that last breath. When he said, it is finished. He never would have thought that. We we, we never would think that we run into a cancer diagnosis. We never would think we're going to lose that job. Or that the marriage was going to end. Or that the business, I'm going to have to shut down the business. Or that my dad would leave my mom. Or my my mom would leave my dad. or, Or that person would do that. We never would have thought that that would have happened. But as we go from the dark end, which was Friday... And then Saturday being the darkest day in human history. Because now everyone's dispersed, everyone's at home, and they're thinking he's not who he said he was. He hasn't gotten up yet. He's dead. He can't be God if that happened to him. The darkest day, Saturday, we're home, we're crying. If you go on over to Sunday, they never would have thought. Just like sometimes you never would think that you can recover from certain things. But on Sunday morning, they never would have thought that. He would have gotten up. And he would live again. Right. And that's why we're here this morning. Two thousand years later. Because he got up and he rose and the grave couldn't hold him and death could not hold him and sin could not hold him and the devil could not hold him. He got up. He got up. He got up. And it has huge implications for you. The greatest event in human history. Huge implications. I want you to go ahead and write this first note down. We are a note-taking church even on Easter. Here it is. The resurrection is all about Jesus. All about Jesus. What he did for us, how he had to endure, his death, the beating. Taking sin to the cross, it was all about Jesus. But more powerfully, the resurrection was all for you. That's right. It's all for you, and and what we can get from this truck is that if if God can raise His Son from the grave, I mean that's the lowest point, right? Like, forget I can't pay bills or sickness or illness. It is death, wow. and if the Father could raise His Son from the grave, He He can certainly lift. Lift your life out of out of any pit. And so in, in light of, you know, it's Easter, but like I said, in light of birthday, Sunday, the Lord said, um, I want you to preach on Easter about the gift of Easter. If you need a title for your notes, we're going to talk about the gift of Easter. It is a gift for all human beings. It's a gift for Christians. It's a gift for Muslims. Um, it's a gift for Hindus, Buddhists, agnostics, atheists. It's a gift for for all of humanity. And this is the thing you, 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 someone can give you a gift and it's totally up to you what you do with it. Okay. <laughs> That's, oh my God, this is good already. It, it is totally up to you what you do with that gift. Like you can take that gift like I walked in this morning as a black box and a journal on my desk. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love gifts. I'm a gift guy. It's my it's my first love language. I have no idea how um, quality time became my first love language. You know, if you've ever taken the test, it should be gifts. I'm sure it is gifts. Eight years ago, it was quality time. It's probably gifts now. I love gifts. And I'm going to open it after the 1230 experience. And, and I love you. Thank you for your cards. But there better be some money in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, better be some money in there. You know what I'm saying? Before I even, before I even knew I loved the Lord, before I even knew I wanted to be a preacher, my dad used to say to me, he said, "Son, preacher's a normal man." He said they love anyway. My dad, daddy, I love you. I ain't, I ain't gonna reference you right now. Dad, dad goes in too much. I don't want to reference that. But I love you. But give me 25 or 20 or something. Anyway, but I love gifts, man. And and so what I want to do is I want to unwrap the gift of Easter. The most powerful gift that God has ever given us is the resurrection. So point number one, if you're taking notes, is when we unwrap the gift of Easter, the first thing we get is grace. Someone say grace. 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 Says this in Romans 3, verse 22. It says, we are made right with God by placing our faith. Someone say faith. In Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace, someone say grace, Grace. freely, whoo, there it is, makes us right in his sight. Grace, Grace is free, freely, freely, freely. And it says this here, it's like when someone gives you a gift, they've sacrificed their time and their finances and their resource, and they've gotten that gift to you. It was a a gift. And it says this here, he did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right, someone say right, Right. with God when they believe, someone say believe, that Jesus Christ sacrificed his life shedding his blood. Salvation is that simple. It's that simple. I remember it's 2015. I was outside with my kid, uh, well, really with Jay. My, my baby boy was a few months old. You know, we were playing basketball. You know what I mean. He used to call me Jordan. Young MJ. Had that fadeaway down. Y'all know that fadeaway. Uh, 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 okay, anyway, I'm totally losing all my crowd here. But I had to fade away and everything, you know what I mean? And so um, <laughs> that was a pathetic leap, right? Uh, uh. <laughs> Uh, come on. All right. Yeah, so it's too much. Security. No. Um, camp safety. And um, so no, we're outside, and, and I'm, you know, I'm doing my Jordan thing. And my son, Jay, who's now he's 12 years old, he was probably seven or whatever. I pump fake, he goes up and and he comes and bam! Pokes my eye out. I'm oh, like, goodness gracious this happened in high school this happened in college same eye y'all four times same eye poked out so when you blink it pulls the skin back and it burns like oh my god it burns it burns it burns and so that put me out of commission for about a week and a half and I'm in the dark and I'm taking ibuprofen and all this I got a contact bandage on and I just want to see my new baby so you had to bring the baby into the room you remember this this was the year of preparation we were just about to move to start the church, and I couldn't even meet for two weeks because my eyes knocked out. And I said, like, can you bring me my baby? I just want to kiss him. I want to hug him. The newborn. Bam. Fast forward, 2017, because that was the third time. I told you. It happened four times.
1: Yeah.
0: This baby that I miss so much. <laughs> now we're in Maryland, up on the fourth floor of our townhome. Yeah. Maryland, play fight. Oh, Judah, you're so cute. Uh, psh, tickle. Oh, daddy, going to get you, all right that's enough I'm tired stop playing I have him I'm like all right we're done and he does a right I mean a left hand bam please lord just let it be a something so I'm in the bathroom oh my god I can't see I can't see I can't see I'm like um my mom was there everyone was there babe it happened again I'm sitting on the tub She's like, "Are you serious?" I said, "Yeah, I'm probably out of commission for about two weeks." And let me tell you, these are some of the longest, help, most helpless days. You're you're in the room, you're hearing all the activity, people doing stuff, they having fun, blah blah blah. And it's like, is the baby okay? Are the kids okay? Are they eating? And uh, does my wife need help? And you can't do anything for them. But you know, that whole time, I'm not in my room thinking like how can I get them back? I could. I could poke Jay's eye out. Would it really hurt a three-year-old if he couldn't see for two weeks? I'm not thinking that. I'm not thinking that. I'm not thinking about how I can pay them back. And we've all hurt God. We've all offended his law. We've all disobeyed him. We've all ignored him. We've all denied him. We've all rejected him. But he's not up in heaven, this cosmic killjoy, like, I'm going to get Maribel when she turns this corner. That's not God. And so we're fully aware. Am I right about this? Are we fully we're fully aware that we're sinners, we've fallen short of his glorious standard, we don't deserve his grace, we don't deserve his love, we don't deserve his goodness. But what the cross and the resurrection shows us is that we should have a greater awareness of his grace, of his love, of a second chance, of a third chance. Because he died for all of us. And I, I, I just I, I just want to let you know that. Um, gr- Grace is this. Go ahead and write this down. Grace is this. Grace is un- an unmerited gift or unmerited favor. The word merit means to work. So it's unmerited favor, meaning you, you don't have to work for God's favor. That's right. You don't have to change the way you look. You don't you don't have to come to church dressed a certain way. I mean, we we love the dresses, the hats, and the suits. We also love, God loves the hoodies. He loves the baseball caps. He loves it all. You, you don't have to change. It's unmerited. It, he paid for it. He gave it through through Jesus Christ. And and, and so you, you can't feed the poor enough. A, a lot of people think just because by the end of their life, and on their ledger sheet, that when they come to heaven, they're going to present to God, look, God, I, I gave, to the poor. That doesn't get you into heaven. God, you remember in 2014, I opened the door for that old lady who couldn't walk. That don't, that don't, it's it's merit. It doesn't get you into heaven. It's all, it's all grace. And I just, I came to encourage you this morning that a lot of us, we feel super duper low right now. Life has beaten us down. People have beaten us down. Relationships have beaten us down. Satan has been working on our minds and on our hearts and on our emotions. And we feel low and we feel far from God. But what I come to find out about the resurrection, because he said, tell the disciples and Peter, that's going to be real good here in about 10 minutes. What I've come to find out about the resurrection is that grace is always reaching. And it's always looking for you. You're like, God, you can't love me. God says, I'm reaching for you. God, I'm low right now. I'm broken. God says I'm reaching for you. God, I said that. To, God, I'm reaching for you. I'm reaching for you. I'm reaching for you. I'm reaching for you. I, I was drunk last night. I'm reaching, I'm reaching for you. I'm reaching for you. Grace is always reaching. So when we look at the resurrection, it was Christ on the cross for our sin. And that's the grace of God for our lives. The second thing that we get when we unpack the gift of Easter is number two, power. Someone say power, power. power power. I love it. I love it that the text said, as we read in Mark, the the, the women, I won't speak, Mary and Mary and Miss S, it was saying, um, they asked each other, who's going to remove the stone? For it is a very large stone. Someone say large stone. Large. It's a very large stone. So historically, this was a large stone. So historically, they would have, the, the tomb would have been hewn out of a cave or cut and it would have only been about three feet tall, the tomb itself. They would have dug more into it and they would have had the slab of, of concrete. And um, what would have happened is they would have had to take the body of Jesus and duck under and, and put his body on that slab. You know, all these movies we see where he he rose and he's standing up, that brother ain't have that much room. Uh, it, it was tight. It was tight and it's human and it's hot. You know what I mean? He ain't had that much room. So he they would have put his body in there, backed on out. And so they would have needed about four or five men, strong men, yeah. to roll this square-shaped or cork-shaped stone over the entrance of the tomb. This tomb, this stone would have been about four and a half feet tall and about three to four tons heavy. Thousands of pounds. So you can see the women's concern, like uh, oh, got, <laughs> who's gonna roll the stone? But when they get there, the Bible says there's a man. There's a man. Don't fall asleep on me now. There's a man. This is when it gets good. That first couple of hours, this is when it gets good. There was a man. And so Mark's a little lazy because the other accounts say it was two men. Mark's gospel is a short gospel. He gets to it. It's all about the power and the grace and the victory of God. So he says there was one man. And this one man said, don't be alarmed. He is not here. He is risen. And um, that stone would have represented also a Roman seal that the body that was laid in the tomb was, in fact, dead. So there would have been an autopsy. You know, he's not breathing, no, no vitals, none of that. He, he's dead. And this is historically documented. There were guards and everything. This is a historical event. That's another thing about the resurrection. It is real, 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 the real deal. And so we know now, based upon the account we just read, that the angel himself wrote the stone away. And I'm willing to entertain it. And I hope you read your Bible like this. I'm willing to entertain the the idea that the angel didn't even touch the stone. That brother came from heaven. Lord, you ready? Yeah, let me out here. Jesus didn't need that, but I'm just, that's the way I read my Bible. And that stone would've. Uh-huh. Power. And that boy Jesus would've came out. Yeah. Where y'all at? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm having fun. Come on. Is this good, He's a, Are we okay? I'm having fun. He had fun. We can have fun. You know what I mean? He he got out that thing like, man, I'm, You ought to read your gospels. One of the first things he did when he saw them was like, y'all got some food. It's hungry. But you know, we all have stones in our lives. Yeah. This stone to the women represented a stopping of progress because they were trying to get to God. But here it is you can't get to God or receive the things of God without the power of God. Oh so they were going to try to get to God in their own power. Wow. God, in his love, sent an angel. So that they could access the miracle. Wow! You need the power of God to access what God has for you. I remember a uh, 2011 Easter play. Uh, Kyra and I, we, we went to this play, Leesburg, Florida, about 30 minutes outside of Orlando. And we had been friends, our acquaintances. Can't be friends for a month. We were acquaintances. We didn't know each other. <laughs> and we, we went to this Easter play. And the play was amazing. Great church. The pastor came up at the end of the play. And he made this call to salvation. Now, when I met her, and this is not shaming you. You, you shared it the other week when you're up here. And we've all shared our story before. But when, when I met my wife, God had some work to do. <laughs> um, you, you, the language, oh, man, sharp tongue, quick. Y'all can laugh. It's all good. Quick tongue, cut you real quick. You was, you know, you're you an absent mother. You had a two-year-old, but you were always babysitting him off. Yeah. You, you were just doing your thing, party scene, all of it. We read through the book of John, and we went to church that Easter 10 years ago. Yeah. And the pastor stood up, and he said, if you want to give your life to Jesus today, it'll be the greatest opportunity, the greatest decision you'll, you'll ever make in your life. Right. Your life will never be the same again. Right. And a lot of people stood up in that church. I'm in the seat, and I'm praying. I'm praying. Lord, just, just move in her heart. Draw her to you. I'm praying. And, and so you, you that, that, roll, roll them stones away. So that that person, you know, a lot of people were going to the front of that church, and they were taking them to the back. And right before he was going to do this, this life-changing, supernatural prayer, my wife, well, I didn't know it was going to be my wife, but she stood up, and she made that decision for Christ. And they took her to the back and they prayed, Romans ten nine ten. 10. It's a salvation scripture. It's powerful. You ought to go home and read it. Romans 10, 9, 10. Guys, I, I, no lie. When she came, I was waiting on her in the lobby. When she came from the back into the lobby, I recognized her physically. But I no longer recognized her spiritually. She, she was alive. When, right. when I met her, according to scripture, when I met her, she was dead in her sins. That's right. But when she came out, Come on. She, she was she was filled yeah. with the Holy Spirit. And I know it to be true, yeah. because soon thereafter, the language changed. Yeah. The cigarettes went out. Yeah. She lost a lot of friends. It's a sign And the favor of God. Just followed her life everywhere that she went. Yeah. It was really the power yeah. Of God setting her free. Breaking those chains. Breaking those fetters. It was real deal. Power. And a lot of us. We got stones of insecurity. We have stones of addiction. We got stones of low self-esteem. We got stones of unforgiveness. We got stones of bitterness. And we're trying to remove those stones on our own. And you can't do it. We try to. Haircut our stones and put makeup on our stones and put a different mask on our stones, and it just won't work. And the great thing about Easter is, is that the gift of God's power is, in fact, available to you because this is the deal. This was Jesus' whole deal, Olivia. He was born, He died. For our sins, he rose from the grave, but that's not it. This is why we're here today, but that's not it. That that was great, but that was the beginning. He rose, he ascended to heaven 40 days after he rose, the ascension, so powerful. And then after he ascended, he sent the gift of his Holy Spirit to live inside of every believer. So so now that, that's the supernatural power that you need, that you need, that you want. You don't want another drink. You don't want to sleep with another person. You don't need a new job. You need the gift of the spirit in you. It says this here in Romans 8, 11. I love it. I love Paul. It says the spirit of God. Someone say spirit of God spirit. who raised someone say raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life. Someone say life, life. to your mortal bodies by the same spirit. Come on. Now, I want you to see something. This, great great job, but what I'm saying, this, this is a whole, this will throw you off. If you're reading it in normal way you write, the spirit is a capital S. And anytime you see God in the Bible, there is either a capital G or a capital J or a capital S. So what Paul is saying here is that the spirit that rose Christ from the dead now lives on the inside of you. And you need the power of God for three things. Write these down real quick. You need the power of God for three things. Number one, it's to overcome obstacles. To overcome obstacles. You need it. Number two, to fulfill your calling. There's a great lofty calling on your life. You got a great calling. You got a purpose on your life. And the third thing is to receive everything that God has promised you. Oh, Lord. You got, God has promised you a lot of stuff. It's the very reason why we have a standalone message next Sunday. I pray that you come back. Come on back. Come on back. It's going to be a powerful message. Then we start a new series called Generations this Sunday after. For I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the God who is faithful unto a thousand generations. There are things that your mom and your grandmom and your granddad and your great-granddad and your great-great-granddad did not step into, but because you know Jesus, you know his love, you have his spirit. Oh my God, this is an Easter crowd. Oh. There are things that God has promised you. And just because it skips a generation, it doesn't mean it has, it has to skip you. Come on! At a certain point, certain things have to stop running in our families. Yeah. Well, you know, my uncle did it. My auntie did it. My dad did it. My uh did it. You don't have to. It can stop Come with on. you because you got the power yes. of God in your heart and in your life. Mm. I love that gift. And the third thing that we get. Is love. Someone say love. love. Jason, come on up right now and close that's me up. So I was doing, um, trying to get my will spinning for, for this message. And I was writing down some terms, you know, Easter, Easter, okay. That's, that's a lot of times how I study. You know, sometimes I just, it has to be a thought first, then we'll go to the Bible. But, and so I started writing, Eric, I wrote a miracle. We'd agree Easter's a miracle, yes, is. rising from the grave and ascending into heaven. I mean, that's some supernatural stuff. It was a miracle, rising, good term. I wrote down victory. We'd agree it's victory, yeah. victorious. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down defeated, death defeated. What would, de- would we agree? Yeah, yeah. Death defeated. Yeah. And then at the bottom there on my paper, I wrote this term love. Someone say love. And the Holy Spirit said that that pretty much sums up the resurrection. It's love. It says this in John 3, 16. For this is how God loved, someone say loved, love. the world. Right. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world but to save the world through him. Love. The Greek term we get here is agape. It's kind of like that grace always reaching out for you when you've messed up, when you've made that poor decision, when you're in a tough season, how that grace is always reaching. Love is grace's fuel. Love drives grace. The Holy Spirit stopped me in my study and he said, um, I want you to ask yourself and the people two questions on Easter. This will help to explain my love for them, no matter who they are. And I I want to pass this on to you. I want you to ask yourself two questions. First one is this. Ask yourself this. Who do I love the most? Who in this world do I love the most? Just think about that. Who do I love the most? I know for me, my my entire family was sitting in the front row, and I looked at my sons and my beautiful wife, and obviously it's, it's them. And then he said, ask the people this. He said, who do I love the most? And he said, would I give their life so that the rest of the world could live forever? Would I give away that person? Would I sacrifice the person I love the most? Would I do it? Would you do it? So that the rest of the world, even those who want nothing to do with me, even those who think I don't exist, would I give the person that I love the most away so that they could live forever? Love. And I had to answer him, Olivia. I said, I wouldn't. And I said, God, you're better than me. That's a love we know not of. But it's a good love. It's the greatest love. And so here it is, the cross the cross, if you're taking notes, the cross, or if you're leaning in, the cross represented forgiveness. The Bible says his blood was shed. Romans 3, we just read it, was shed on the cross. The Bible also teaches that the wages of sin, we all have sinned, is death. And blood has to be shed because the life is in the blood. So, so he put all of our sins on him, was beaten for our inequities. Through his stripes, we are spiritually healed, so we don't have to be beaten forever. And he took those sins to the cross, and he shed his blood so you and I would not have to be separated from God forever. The cross represents forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. The resurrection represents a fresh start. And a new beginning. The angel said, tell the disciples and Peter. Someone say Peter. Peter. God confirmed this word for you. This is for your life. This can be the most powerful word for your life. This this word was sent from heaven to change your life forever. God confirmed this word. I I had just finished my sermon. And a day later, I'm in the kitchen with my baby boy, six years old. I didn't catch it till afterwards, but it made sense. And he said, dad. My baby, six years old. He said, Dad, um, who betrayed and abandoned Jesus? And I said, Oh, that's easy sauce. It's Judas. He said, No, Dad. Who betrayed and abandoned Jesus? I said, son, Judas. <laughs> he said, Dad, no. Who betrayed and abandoned Jesus? And it hit me. One of the greatest apostles that God ever used. Peter. He said, you got it. I'm like, "Well, wow, this word has been from heaven. How does he know the depth of the study of the scripture in that way? That's a very small thing that even adults and scholars miss. We always say it was Judas. Yes, blah, blah. Peter abandoned him. So you have to put yourself in, in, in this setting. Jesus is, is arrested. He's in chains. He's in fetters. They're, they're casting blame at him. Everyone wants him to die because he's turning the world upside down in the best way. And only six sinful people wanted him to die. Peter is in the crowd at his trial. And and, and the people look and they're like, you were with him. Hey, hey, y'all he was with him. He's one of his main gods. Isn't your name Peter? Hey, every, it's Peter. It's Peter. He was with him. And Peter did three things. He rejected him. He cursed him. And he abandoned him. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. Don't we get like that sometime, Eric? Like we love God in church, but on Friday when it's time to party, I don't know the man. I don't know the man. I don't know. God, heal me, Lord. Bless me. Give me this job. God, do it. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. So Peter's last memory of the Lord was when they had him in chains and shackles, and they were taking him away to die. Peter walked away from that setting, and he's like, and he's having to live with that on Saturday. So the women come to the tomb and God in his love and in his sovereignty told you he a bad boy. He said tell the disciples and Peter. He knows you by name. Tell the disciples and Kieran. Tell the disciples and Kyra. Tell the disciples and Robert. Tell the disciples and Chow that I'm not done with them. I love him. He's forgiven. There's a calling. There's a purpose. There's a future. There's a, tell the disciples, tell them. Love, love, love. A love that we need every single day from heaven. Let's stand to our feet, church. Tell, tell, tell the disciples and Peter this is God's word for you today on this Easter then we're going to eat some real good food God's word for you is I love you you're forgiven and there's a fresh start available I love you You're forgiven. You always will be. You just got to accept it. And there's a fresh start waiting for you as you leave this church today. Today is the day that your life can change forever. If you allow God to do a work in your heart. Let's bow our heads. I want to pray a blessing over you. Father, I thank you. Come on, let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father, I thank you for your children. Thank you for these people that you love so much. Lord, you died for us. You rose for us. And we give you the glory for that, God. We thank you, Lord. You're faithful. You're gracious. You're kind. Your love endures forever. If there's anyone in here with all heads bowed, because I, I don't want you to feel weird, I don't want to embarrass you, but if there's anyone in here, and you would say that today, I, I'm Peter. I've been running. I've denied God. I've rejected God. But today you're saying, I'm going to turn to God and give him my life. If there's anyone in here who wants to come to Christ this morning. I want to give you that opportunity to receive salvation and forgiveness and a fresh start power. And if that be you, we're going to pray this prayer in about a minute or so. But what I want you to do is I want you to raise your hand if you're coming to Christ today. You're saying, I want salvation. I want a fresh start. Raise your hand. Raise it high. Don't don't be ashamed. It's just between me, you and heaven. Hallelujah. A fresh start with the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Fresh start. God bless you. Ooh. Salvation. You can put those hands down. If you are a Christian, but you've been running from the Lord, today's the day you want to come back to him. I want you to raise your hand, give you an opportunity to come back to God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. you. You can put those hands down. What we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer. God is going to wash all your sins and he's going to give you the gift of his spirit. Today is the day of salvation. Church, let's just open our hearts. You don't have to repeat after me, but open your hearts and pray this prayer right in your space. Here it is. Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And I thank you, Lord, for your sinless life for living a life I could not live. God, I accept your forgiveness. I turn from my old lifestyle and I give my life to you. Father God, I thank you for raising Jesus from the dead so that I can have the gift of eternal life. God, I give you my heart. God, I ask for the gift of your spirit. I am yours forever in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on church, let's celebrate that. Come on, come on.